What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock, or as I usually say now, inexorable. If you don't know what that word is, because I didn't when I first saw it, go look it up. Or maybe let me help you. It's it's uh, inexorable. I-N-E-X-O-R-A-B-L-E means unyielding and unable to be stopped. I encourage you guys to live your life inexorable. Today, we have a guest that I met on Clubhouse. I've heard her speak. She hosts a lot of awesome rooms on Clubhouse. Her name is Emily Lyons. She is the founder and CEO of North America's top event staffing agency. As a serial entrepreneur, Emily has launched and scaled a number of businesses over the last 10 years. She's known for her ability to find the perfect harmonious blend of beauty, heart, and brains. Let's go. Let's go. What's up, Emily? Thanks Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So we always start the show with a question and we'll mm-hmm. stick with this. We'll stick with this theme. What are you made of? I am made of a heck of a lot of grit. <laughs> A heck of a lot of grit and maybe a little bit of sugar and spice and everything nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, grit, <laughs> grit's a common word that comes up with my guests for some reason. I must attract gritty people. Uh, yeah. But tell us why that is though. Like what, where did that come from? Or why do you say that? You know what? I am just an unstoppable person. I am willing to take a lot of blows and never stop getting back up and going after the things that I want. So I'm not the smartest person in the room by any means, but uh, I'm the hardest working. And extremely gritty. <laughs> Have you always known what you want? Or was there some time in your life where you realized, like, I got to figure out, like, I got to get really clear on what I want? No, neither of those. It just kind of fell into place. I was always a stubborn person, but uh, I didn't know what I wanted. And I, and I was really bad at school just because I didn't like it. So I dropped out in grade 10 and was pretty much unemployable just because I hated what I was doing all the time. So I'd go from job to job to job. And I just happened to read a book called Career Renegade. And it was about making a great living doing what you love. And it just kind of sparked this idea of entrepreneurship. That was 12 years ago. And it just set me on this path and haven't stopped since then. Wow. So you dropped out in 10th grade and was unemployable. The jobs that you can get being like a 10th grader, basically, it's it's tough. Mm -hmm. So entrepreneurship, I was telling my wife this the other day. I was dropping my son off to school. He does play, you know, American football. And that's the only thing I was thinking that, that this wouldn't work for. But I was telling her like, look, Nick doesn't really need to go to school. Like he could actually come to C-Rock school and be fine. C-Rock but, school. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, football, he has to play football and all that. So, um, but I was just thinking in my mind, like really to be successful in life, you don't need past the 10th grade. He's in 10th grade, by the way. So okay. um, I was just thinking, that's funny you said that because I was just thinking that. Now, I'm not going to take him out because he's playing and, and we'll, we'll finish that. He made it this far. We might as well go to the next two years. But I dropped out in college. So I, uh, I had 13 classes left. I had a 4.0 and dropped out because I was just done with class. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are done with classes. And I'm going to talk to you more about that in a second. So mm-hmm. grew up in Canada, 
in Justin Bieber's hometown or Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber grew up in your hometown. <laughs> he did. He went to uh, school with my brother. Actually, they went to high school together. Awesome. And so what was it like in Salmon American grew up in America? Uh, <laughs> what's Canada like? Because I can't stand cold weather. I cannot stand like the wintertime as far as it after- gets very cold. It gets very cold. But other than that, I love Canada. It's everybody's so friendly for the most part. Yeah. And it's beautiful too, down. right? I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. just beautiful country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up there, I mean, what, what was it like, like for, for you personally and uh, not just Canada, but like your family and, you know, take us back. It was hectic. It was a very, very hectic upbringing. So I was born the middle child to two terminally ill siblings. So they both had cystic fibrosis. My sister passed away from it in 2011. My brother still fights. I, I take care of him. Older sister? Older sister, it- younger brother. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, so my sister was very sick from a very young age. So it was a lot of long hospital stays. And because we were in Stratford, the biggest hospital is two hours from us. So we'd be staying at the Ronald McDonald house, which is, I don't know if you guys have that there. It's yes, like we a, do. It, yeah. So we'd be staying at the Ronald McDonald house for sometimes months at a time. She'd had two double lung transplants. So different life-saving things that had to happen. So it was a lot of that. And I'd go stay with relatives sometimes for months at a time while you know, she went through different stages of sickness and yeah, it was really stressful. Yeah. But- and, and, and your brother's still battling cystic fibrosis now? He is. He's currently uh, 28 and he's, he's doing okay. He's doing okay right now. In the grand scheme of things, as, as far as CF patients go, he's pretty healthy. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm hoping to get him on this new medication that's come out. That's this groundbreaking med. So we actually find out tomorrow whether or not it's going to be available in Canada. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, so, and I want to get into this a little bit, if you don't mind, because like being in a middle child, one is tough as it is. Uh, but secondly, um, when they have the tension that's got to be placed on the other children because of their needs with these, like the disease, right? Mm-hmm. And was there a time where you felt resentment? Not that you want to, don't, don't take this the wrong way, but like no, you had to fight through many feelings, I'm sure, um, as, oh, as yeah. a middle child and then dealing with the tension and lack of attention thereof. So what was that like? Well, when you're a little kid, you don't understand. So all I saw for a long time was Julia, my sister just got all this attention and she got all these gifts and celebrities would come and visit her and bring her things. Or like we would go to, cause Celine Dion, she's Canadian and her niece passed away from cystic fibrosis. So she used to be very involved. So she'd dedicate concerts to my sister and things like that. So when I was little, I remember telling my parents, I want to have cystic fibrosis because uh-huh. I didn't understand. Yeah. So, yeah. so my mom made up this thing that I had the cuteness disease. <laughs> so <laughs> she would tell people that to kind of make me feel included. But no, you, you, I think you, you try extra hard to get more attention because you kind of fall back. But as you get older, you understand more and yeah, yeah, it just kind of makes you who you are. Yeah. Now, so, okay. So we're talking about what are you made of? So think about this for a second. When you have to go through something as a child to try to get more attention, that ends up helping you in entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> because that's the number one problem businesses and entrepreneurs have is nobody knows who they are, or what they do. They might have a great product. They might be really good at what they do, mm-hmm. but nobody knows you. Like mm-hmm. Grant, Grant talks about this all the time. My, my mentor, Grant Carter. Yeah. Nobody will flow you. Right. So how did that carry over for you? Well, I see that's the thing that I think attributed to a lot of my success was I was aggressive with making people know who I was and know what the company was. So every, every avenue that I could take, and because I didn't have any money, I was utilizing everything that was free for the most part. 
like social media and free email marketing blasts and it worked. And then I was able to leverage that to get other clients and then to expand cities and then eventually countries and services and then continents. And And what's the name of the company? My first company is called Femme Fatale Media. So it's an event staffing and experiential marketing agency. So a lot of live activations. We have about 10,000 active staff. We work with a lot of different celebrities, really big brands. So we did the Met Gala this past week. We have uh, one next week with Dior. A lot of really cool stuff. Well, hold up. So how to like explain for the listener and, and me too. I just say explain for the listener. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I for the listener. What, what does it what exactly are you doing as far as it's staffing for any event, the people that would come to the event and set the event up and then run the event? No. So we do a wide variety of staffing. But so if you go, so what our our bread and butter would be is if you go to a trade show and you see all of the hundreds of staff running the show, you see all the booth brand ambassadors. So we would staff the entire thing. So there might be okay. 200 staff there and we would staff everything from all the brand ambassadors at all the booths, the security staff, the greeters, things like that. But we'll also do commercials, uh, red carpet events, you name it, we're doing it. Gotcha. And then the, the experiential side of it is we will actually build up the entire campaign for the mar- for the company. So they'll come to us and say, so say it's something like Warner Brothers, they're launching a new movie and they want to do a campaign to promote it. So We'll do something where it's like a pop-up on the street and all of the assets that go into that. So wow, really, okay. experiential marketing is is connecting with the consumer and evoking an emotion one-on-one with them to make it really memorable. So take us back to when you first started this and had this idea. And, <laughs> and the fact of like, you don't just jump into what you're doing now and being able to do it like that. So one, you had to have the idea. You had to start small and execute on it. Mm-hmm. Um, did you just start mm-hmm. with small events, local events? And then oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did, so how did it work? My sister actually sent me a book, uh, Career Renegade, How to Make a Great Living Doing What You Love. And that's what gave me the idea. And at the time, I was like, well, what do I love? And I had one part-time job, and it was the only job I'd ever liked, really. And it was working as a brand ambassador. It was like a promotional model at this bar downtown. And I just got paid to go to events and mingle with people. And, you know, being like 20 years old at the time, I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> Who pays people to, yeah. to, to just like, I would have dinner and drinks and just talk to people. Yeah. And so I was like, this is incredible. I want to make a business out of this. You know, I'll provide those people because I already knew a handful of of other ladies that I had met to the, at the event. So I went to somebody that I knew and I was like, hey, this is what I want to do. He actually owned the venue where I was working and he told me, don't do it. It'll never go anywhere. There's too much competition out there. And of course, I had already had the idea. So there was no way that I wasn't going to do it. So I MacGyvered my way to this rickety little company. I made a little logo. I made a Facebook page and expected sales to roll in and nothing happened. <laughs> so it's like, okay, what do I do now? And I remember Googling what is marketing. <laughs> I had no idea even what marketing was. I bought the book, uh, Small Business for Dummies. And just kind of, I think I read like the first few chapters and stopped, but I just kind of figured it out. So I just kept, like I said, putting our names out there. And eventually we got our first booking. And so when we got that booking, I worked it myself with the other staff and I networked with everybody that was there. So every single person that was there, I gave my incredibly awful business card to that you would look at it and you would cringe if you saw it. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, but I made connections and it worked and we got two more bookings right on the spot. And so I was able to leverage that now because it was at a nightclub and that's where we started. So we started in nightlife. And so I was able to leverage that to then go to their competitors and say, you know, this is who we're working with. But then I really, I, I sat back and I thought, okay, so this person had said to me, don't do this because there's a lot of other agencies out there. So you're never going to succeed. So I thought, how can we differentiate ourselves from these other agencies? And so that led me to think, okay, well, these agencies, what do they have going for them? They've been working with these people for a really long time. They know who they are. So they've got these longstanding relationships. Well, what don't they have? Well, they're older. I'm young. So they're in their 40s or 50s. How can I make that my positive instead of it my negative? So they weren't on social media at the time. It was new. So I was like, I'm going to double down. I'm going to build a social media following. So that was what I really, really focused on for like 15 hours a day was building a social media following. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. So then I took that and I went to these venues and I said, we've got this social media following now of 10,000 people. If you book us for your event, not only are you going to get incredible staff, but we're also going to promote it for you and increase your, your ticket sales and your exposure for any of your events coming up. We're also going to, we're going to share things during the event and after the event. So you're going to get all that engagement after the event. And then I also doubled down on search engine optimization. So that was free and I could implement all of that on my own. And so that was just something that I was doing at the time, not really thinking of the long-term benefits that it gave me, which was massive. Yeah. Yes. That was how it started. (laughs) And and so that first, that first, uh, that first gig, I'll call it, or first Mm -hmm. job, what Mm -hmm. were you guys doing there? Were you just doing what you did when you were working that job? You were just hanging out and and being an ambassador? Actually a themed event. I think it was angels and devils or something was this big event they have on. And we had models there dressed as angels and devils in costumes. They had like these big old bikes brought in on this red carpet and they were kind of there greeting people and taking tickets and stuff like that. Gotcha. Okay. So that's what you do. And then (laughs) then from there, like what was the first time where you got something was like a big name brand or or somebody famous that hired you guys? The first big thing was a financial institution. It was a big bank. So they had come to us actually and said that So they were getting an RFP. So they were getting uh, proposals from everybody. And at the time, I had no idea what that meant. So we were bidding on this booking that they were doing. So they invited me to their office to meet with them. And I went to it. And it was this massive, huge, crazy office downtown. And so I was so intimidated. I asked a friend, you know, will you come with me and pretend you work for me? (laughs) I'm like, you don't don't have to say anything. Just come hold some files with you and just be silent. So she did. And uh, we went, we bid on it. We didn't hear anything from them. And then I saw castings going up from another agency for the actual booking. So they had won the booking. So I went back to the main guy and I kept hounding him. I said, you know, I see that there's posts online trying to fulfill this booking. I already have the incredible staff for you right now. Here are their profiles, blah, 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 blah. Here's what we can do for you. And he's like, you know what? You seemed really young. I was surprised with how young you are. And so I wasn't going to give it to you, but you're so aggressive and I really admire that in you. I'm going to give you the booking. So that was how we actually got the first booking. And again, I worked it myself. I went there and it was actually, they had, were collaborating with an NHL hockey team. Mm-hmm. So they had booked up the Hockey Hall of Fame for this event. 
So I went there and I networked with all the people from the NHL team, as well as the senior staff, and as well as all the other people from the bank. And so I got in with all those people and it just kind of, yeah. And that was kind of just what I've done all along is just network, network, network. And yeah. Wow. So they uh, served me well. And relationship capital goes a long way, but that's where it started. I was always curious at how people get, you know, uh, for, for each individual, how they do that. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know how I do it. My superpower is connecting people. And I don't, I don't oh. have, I am not shy whatsoever. So I'll talk to anybody. I'll go after, I don't care. <laughs> Celebrity, yeah. it doesn't matter, you know? And you know, look, we have yeah. a target, right? You, I think you're the same way as I am. Like mm-hmm. we talk about stubborn and grit. We have a target and we lock in on it. Mm-hmm. And that thing's mm-hmm. coming to us, whether we, they, they like it, whether we like it, <laughs> it's coming to us, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I even, uh, you know, there were some people that would ignore me for a really long time that I knew were target clients. So I made gift baskets and I took the bus to their offices around the city and delivered gift baskets with a letter of this is who we are. This is what we can offer you. I'd love to have a meeting with you. (laughs) And that got their attention. It's all about getting that attention that you Mm -hmm. talked about. Now, how did you price that first deal out? How did you know how to price it out? Terribly. Absolutely terrible. I I priced it awful. (laughs) It was yeah, way, like, way I, underpriced. Yeah. And, and what well, has to do with your self-value the at the time, one. right? Like you're trying to figure out your worth. Well, you know what? People deal with that. C-Rock, the first few, or few months when I was quoting on projects, I was saying, here's our prices, if that's okay with you. Because I was so, so timid and scared to talk about money and to, yeah, to give my worth. And I was so desperate to get these bookings because I had to make ends meet. Yeah. That I would have, and I wanted just to win. So I would have, if I could have done it for free. Right. Of course. Well, that's a, that's an investment though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. But I, what I, just... I did, what I did was I had applied to work for all the other agencies. So I knew what they were offering the event staff. And then I contacted the agencies asking them to bid on a campaign before I launched. So I knew what they were then quoting. So that gotcha. gave me an idea. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now going forward, what do you, now, first of all, I know you had a commercial lately or launched just recently, Revlon one? Did, right? yeah. Really so where fun. can people see that? Revlon, they can see that on uh, my Instagram right now, but it's going to be on all the Revlon pages and it'll be on their Amazon landing page and uh, on their ads. And So was that like a modeling thing you did? Like, are you considered a model for that? Or how, does, how was that? Like, what's... So I'm, a, I'm like an influencer for them kind of okay. thing. Yeah, so so I'll, like, I'll, do, I'll do spokesperson stuff, you know? Yeah, but you could say you're a model As an entrepreneur. too. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I shoot, so. if you got to, if you're I, I'm I a non-model, yeah, but if I hear commercial and Revlon, that makes you, I mean, that's what I, happens in my mind. So anyway, so go to uh, Emily's Instagram and check it out and like and comment on there and tell her that you saw her here. And so what's going on in the future? What, what is big plans that you have coming up? I don't want to say three or five years because I don't, I don't like that, but like in the future, what are you, what's your targets right now? I've written a career memoir and uh, I hope to inspire a lot of entrepreneurs, people that want to get into entrepreneurship and just people that need that resilience, that kick in their life through my story. Yeah. And so are you coaching or offering coaching or how does that work? Or is it just mentorship or just being exemplifying it? No, just the book. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of time, so I don't really do any coaching. No. Just on Clubhouse. Just on Clubhouse. I yeah. love Clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, my, it's my guilty pleasure. Well, look, I want to talk to you real quick as we wrap this up about the Rocket Fuel Law. And I'm not, mm. not sure if you're familiar with it, but I wrote I this am. book. So, and it's something that stemmed for me when I was a young kid, dealing with a lot of broken people, being around a lot of brokenness, suicide, drugs, alcohol, mental issues, abuse. And I always stored things in my tank instead of my trunk. What I mean by that is when Mm -hmm. your trunk is, it weighs you down, your tank is where you can use it as fuel and you become Mm -hmm. unstoppable when you do this. Now I realized something as well, and I'd like you to comment on this and your take on it, but 
once you get to your engine refined enough, you can't use that toxic fuel as much anymore. It only takes you so far. When you become a Ferrari engine, you need a higher octane fuel. And that fuel is because your lid's blown off, your belief lid is blown off, you can see dreams that you never could see before. That becomes your fuel. Those targets become, and they pull you faster. So what is your take on that in, in your career, your life? How's that, how's that impacted you, that thought? I love that. So there's something that I discovered a few years ago, and it's the idea of post-traumatic growth. So it's really using those negative situations in your life, those traumatic ones that would normally really, really hold you back to fuel you forward. And so that's what I've always focused on, you know, after the loss of my sister and really dealing with addiction and mental health. And I spent a month in a facility, a mental health facility, dealing with it, with it all because it was holding me back. And so when I came to realize that I was able to really flip the switch of how I interpret those emotions and how I utilize them to leverage my success instead of holding me back. And so what I do with that is I always focus on my why. Why do I want to achieve these things? Why do I want to go where, where I want to go? And when I remember my why, my how always gets so much easier and I get that fuel back and uh, that rocket fuel and it propels me forward. So I love it, man. Hey, will you share your why with us? <laughs> my why? Yeah. I, I want to help as many people as possible in the cystic fibrosis community. And just so I have a foundation, it's called the Julia Lyons Foundation. It's in memory of my sister. Oh, and we it. provide financial support to CF uh, families that are undergoing life-saving care so that they don't have to worry about the financial aspects of it while they're fighting for their life. I so. would love to donate to that. So if you could email oh, me thank you so much. how to email, uh, uh, how to uh, support that, I would love to. And guys, please go support Emily's foundation and let her know that you saw her here. What's the best way for people to reach out to you? Is it Instagram or? Sure. Instagram's awesome. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> is it at Emily Lyons? At Emily Lioness. <laughs> Emily Lioness. Go. She had to make it a little bit more difficult. So you have to put I some did. work in. So <laughs> well, Emily, thank you for you know, coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. If there's anything I could ever do to help. I don't know what it would be right now, but please, please let me know. Don't hesitate to ask. Anybody that comes on the show is they have equity with me. So uh, oh, anything I love you need. it. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. All right, guys, you've been listening to What Are You Made Of? Be unstoppable, be unstoppable and be unstoppable. I can't say it enough because there's no reason that you should stop trying to live the life of your dreams. Until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's mikecrock.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.